Just a warning that the following episode contains details of domestic violence, including sexual violence. A listener production. So I recently came across an online group that supports victims of domestic violence. And what makes this group different to others is what unites them. And that's that all of their perpetrators are current or former police officers. And one of the organisers told me that every month they hear from about 30 women who want help and support. And that's just from the eastern states. So someone who has experienced this is a woman we'll call Audrey. 20 years after the violence began, she's now ready to share her story. Audrey, thank you so much for your time. What did domestic violence look like for you? It started for me in terms of the coercive behaviours, not being able to see my friends go out with work colleagues or to see my family. And that's when it started to then get physical and sexually um, physical as well. Kicked, punched, I was dragged by my hair, I was kicked out of bed where I hit my head on the bedside table and I don't know how long I was unconscious for but when I woke up he was fast asleep in bed as if nothing had had happened. There was another time when he was so angry he tried to strangle me and I managed to scratch his face and then (laughs) the next morning while he's getting ready for work With a scratch down his face, he's like, how am I going to go to work today and explain the scratch down my face? I was just like, you're putting on a uniform and you're worried about a scratch on your face after what you've just done to me. I also want to learn a little bit about your former partner, his career, but also your career at the time. Yeah, so unfortunately, um, we were both police officers when we met and throughout the entire family violence incidents throughout our entire marriage, we were both police officers. I was attending similar, if not worse, incidents and ensuring that I would do everything in my power to help the civilian victims that I would have liked to have got. But unfortunately, within the career path that we were both in, It was very hard to um, report uh, family violence in terms of both our employment. It would have affected both of our employments and it was also frowned upon. There was no support for members in family violence. It would have been pretty much deal with it yourselves. He would make it very clear to me that if I ever did ring the police that um, he would make me out to be crazy, that I was unstable and that he would take the children off me and I'd never get to see them again. So here you are, a police officer, helping victims of domestic violence get support and bring their perpetrators to justice. But you felt paralysed to even report what was happening in your own home. Absolutely. The embarrassment of it all, but also the implications. It was very hard to contemplate losing everything um, if I had it reported, because obviously being police officers, there's differences in terms of what can occur to us at work if um, we're 
charged with any criminal offending particularly or family violence related matters with an intervention order. Did anyone in your life notice or, or, or try to intervene? So my parents knew a lot of what was happening. My best friend, she knew in terms of the coercive, but obviously not to the extent of the family violence. But my parents, they were very frightened of my ex-husband and still are to this day. There's some research that police officers are more likely to be perpetrators of domestic violence. Why do you think that is? From my experience, it was easy for him to behave the way that he did to me because he knew we're part of a blue family, that we look after each other, and he knew ways of manipulation and ways and when to hit me, when not to hit me, where to leave bruises, that they weren't visible. But I think it's a lot to do with their mentality that they know how to get away with it a lot easier than what a, a civilian would. I can imagine that a lot of members would think that they could get away with it. Um, mm. It's just the mentality. No one will report me because I'm in a authoritative environment that it's actually really quite hard to explain, to be honest, as to why they think that they can behave this way and yet hold other people to account um, mm. civilian-wise in the same situations. It's a massive double standard. Oh, 100%. So at one point you did tell some colleagues and then you also made a formal statement Tell me what the response was like in in both those instances. So with my initial trying to get help from my colleagues, reporting it to them, we're obviously mandated to report anything that happens with colleagues and so forth to make sure that we're looked after. However, trying to get help that way didn't work. Um, No one assisted and reported his behaviour. That was over years. I would drop some information to my colleagues and stuff. And um, yeah, unfortunately, nothing came of that help. My request for help in those circumstances, I ended up applying for an intervention order through the court myself, to which I received a phone call saying, I wish you had told us that you were taking an intervention order. I don't think you realise how much more paperwork you've created for us now. So at this point, the concern is paperwork, not your well-being. Correct. What about the fact that some of these police officers who are now dealing with this case knew the perpetrator? Yes, so that was my biggest concern when I did report as to whether or not I would actually get the help I needed because they knew my ex-husband. So that was a big concern for me. So I met with two police officers to go over the details of the family violence that I'd been subjected to. And um, I don't know how to explain the devastation sitting there listening to them say to me, are you sure you want to do this? Um, I can't begin to explain the, yeah, there's no words to explain the disappointment, I guess you could say. And then I was also met with having to make my own statement 
type it out myself and then been having met with the comments made by those two police officers in terms of, oh, we can't find any offending. Yeah, I think for me, leaving that police station that day was worse for me because I worked in family violence area and I've dealt with civilian victims of family violence. And if I, as a police officer can sit there and finally have the courage to come in and say, this is what's happened to me. My biggest concern was then what is happening to women who are not police officers, finally having the courage after however many years of violence. If I get met with that, being part of the so-called blue family, what's happening to other victims? So what hope then do you have in the system to support First Nations women, migrant refugee women, those with a disability, queer women, older women, if this is what you experienced? I know for a fact, having worked at the stations that I was looking after for family violence, the members on the ground in the vans, they do a fantastic job, I must say. Like, they abide by the policies, procedures, legislation and so forth and they do a great job. For me, it's having to deal with the higher ranks with my report of family violence and their lack of ability to understand what's happening with members. If tomorrow you could change one thing about the way police approach domestic violence based on your experience, like what would that one wish be? empathy. There were times when I would hear members say along the lines of, oh, why doesn't she just leave? Those words are the most hurtful words for me because I know how hard it is in family violence to leave. And even being a police officer for any victims out there who are in a similar situation It can happen to anyone and the courage to come forward is absolutely amazing and that's one thing I would say to members when they would say, why don't they just leave, is you've got no idea Mm. how this works and how it affects you as a person in terms of your own belief in yourself and your understanding that There are so many complications in terms of finances. It's a massive deal to be able to get the courage up and come forward. But having said that, even after reporting it, my realisation that the 20 years that I suffered family violence whilst would not have mattered because it doesn't matter now to them. And I hope that that does change for other victims of family violence whether or not they're a member themselves or mm. the civilian in a relationship with a member because I have no confidence, no confidence at all that they can actually help people in these situations. We do a great job for other people, but we just don't do it very well for ourselves. That was Audrey, which is not her real name, who was a police officer for more than 20 years. And if you or someone you know is experiencing family violence, there is a 24-hour hotline, that is 1-800-RESPECT, and 
for counselling advice and support for men who may have anger or relationship or parenting issues, there is the Men's Referral Service on 1300 766 491. Well, there's understandably been a lot of pressure on police to improve its responses to domestic and family violence in recent years, including stamping it out among their ranks. So tomorrow we unpack the various new policies and strategies police are hoping will make a dent in the problem. Listener.